It's the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast, and we are live. You're listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon. Hello and welcome back to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast brought to you by 90 Min. As ever, I'm your host, Harry Simu, and I wasn't actually planning on recording a podcast uh, this Thursday night. I was planning to put my feet up, but I've been sitting there scrolling through Twitter, scrolling through social media and reading everybody's reaction and comments with regards to Arsenal's pursuit of Ben White and the decision to allow Gostandinos Mavrobanos to leave Arsenal and return to Stuttgart on loan for another season. Now, there's some details that I think have been missed by a lot of people with regards to that Mavrobanos deal, but we're going to be talking about that. We'll talk about Ben White. I'll take your questions live in the chat box as well. And um, yeah, let's get on with it. Without further ado, let's uh, discuss what was uh, revealed and reported Earlier on today by David Ornstein, and you can always rely on David Ornstein uh, to drop a bombshell uh, just when you think your day is coming towards its end, just when you think you can start to unwind a little bit, boom, David Ornstein comes in and drops uh, a really, really big piece of news. And it's a really big piece of news because we heard about the interest in Ben White maybe, what, two weeks ago now? Uh, We heard that then Arsenal had a bid rejected for Ben White. And uh, and of course, since then, we've heard that things have been moving. And today we heard that there there is even uh, there's been more progress, sorry, with regards to making that deal happen. This is what David Ornstein had to say. Arsenal moving closer to an agreement with Brighton for Ben White. Brighton and Hove Albion want a guaranteed £50 million. Arsenal are offering £45 million plus £5 million in add-ons. Apparently, face-to-face talks have taken place and negotiations continue over the add-ons and the payment structure. He also goes on to say that there are no other bidders yet uh, for the England international defender. Now, what does this mean? What does it mean when we're talking about Arsenal at a time of great economic need, spending £50 million or in the region of £50 million for a centre half, and and look, a centre half is not a, a position that I can say we don't need to strengthen. And I think when when you factor in the fact that we've lost David Luiz, who was a massive influence around the club, a massive influence in the dressing room, I think you can understand why Mikel Arteta is probably a little bit edgy about sort of going into a new season without him, and then almost having to rely on William Saliba, which he, it looks like he doesn't want to do to fill those big shoes. But we'll talk about Saliba in a minute. But what does this mean in the, the bigger context of things, in the bigger picture? What does it mean when you see Arsenal bidding for a young English player uh, looking at in the region of 45 to £50 million? Pounds? Well, I'll tell you what it means. It tells me that Arsenal might just be ready to dust off that war chest, crowbar it open, and start throwing money at the transfer window this summer. Now, there was a report on 90 Min 
uh, when was it last week that suggested Arsenal were willing to spend up to, and it is up to, not guaranteed, it's up to 200, 250 million pounds in the upcoming transfer window. And it was kind of laughed out of the place. And I looked at that report and I thought, I'm not sure about this. And I'm not 100% saying, you know, it's, it's going to come to fruition. But, you know, obviously that information has come from somewhere. Obviously, somebody was aware of Arsenal's intentions to spend and to spend big. Now, how they're financing these transfers, I don't know. Um, and of course, we still have to get them over the line, which is the most important thing. But I think the fact that Arsenal are willing to spend this kind of money on one player, a centre-back, a position in which we're quite well stocked, suggests to me that Arsenal recognise that in order to close the gap on the top four, significant improvement has to be made. And the only way you do that instantly is by going out and bringing in top, top quality players. What do I like about Ben White? I like his sort of ball-playing style. I like his confidence. I like the composure he brings uh, to the back line. I think, you know, it's very easy to kind of look at Ben White and say, well, he's only playing at Brighton, but I think you need to look deeper than that. Leeds United obviously uh, made an attempt last summer uh, to prize him away from Brighton, and they made some big offers, didn't they? Not in the region of £50 million, but I think it was about £30, £35 million that they were willing to spend on him, which suggests that, that, you know, Marcelo Bielsa has a lot of respect for the player as well. <coughs> My apologies. Um, but, you know, what you've got to think here is you, you're talking about £50 million and why are Arsenal willing to spend £50 million? Well, this is Arsenal, in my opinion, changing their transfer strategy. And quite dramatically, in the past, we've been willing to spend this sort of money largely on players who are of a, a, a sort of more advanced age, of an older age, who by the time their initial four or five year contract with the club approaches its end, have, um, you know, have no sell-on value going forward. You know, Granite Xhaka is a prime example of that, right? You bring in Granite Xhaka at the age of, I don't know how old he was when we signed him, what, 25, 26? You bring him in, you give him a four-year deal. By the time that four-year deal comes to an end, you can no longer recuperate anywhere near the money that you laid out to bring him to the club in the first place. This transfer differs. And this is why I think that Arsenal are willing to go that extra mile and are willing to put that extra bit of money into Ben White because Ben White is 23 years old. And if you sign him on a four-year contract, but after three years, there is a need to try and recuperate your money. You can do that, you know, or you know, you can at least try and do that because Ben White will hold his value. He's English, which shouldn't really matter, but it does. Uh, it matters because of the homegrown quota uh, that you need to meet. And it matters because there is a premium that comes with English players. There is a, you know, feeling among fans that bringing in Premier League proven players, which Ben White is, will obviously, um, you know, propel you to a different level. We'll, will mean that more often than not, you avoid that situation whereby you're waiting for that player to settle in, to find his feet. So there are a lot of positives uh, about this. And I do really, really uh, like the idea of Ben White coming to the club. I'm a ma massive fan of his. I think he's fantastic. But what I will say is the fee does worry me a little bit. Um, it does. And I, I, I was talking about this with a mate on WhatsApp, like maybe an hour ago, and I said, you know, the fee worries me. And his response was, well, it's only an issue 
if he flops. And that's exactly right. So I think as Arsenal fans, you know, we've we've spent years now worrying about what the club are going to spend, worrying about sort of the financial side of things. And actually, the problem has never been that Arsenal haven't spent money, not in the last few years anyway. That's not been the issue. The issue is the money's been spent badly. And if the money's spent badly, then you've got a problem. You know, you look at some of the players we've signed over the years. You, you look at Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang. I would argue that, you know, he's justified what we paid for him because for three seasons he was incredibly sort of effective as a centre-forward. I would argue there are other players that we've brought in who we paid big money for. Granit Xhaka is an example, a player that I like, but you can't deny he's not delivered to the level required throughout his Arsenal career. He's done it over the last 12 months or so, but that's not enough to justify the nearly £40 million we've spent on him. So you'll only really know if Ben White was worth £50 million once you've seen him in an Arsenal shirt and once you've you've got some some sort of sample to look at and, and game time to look at and, and understand and judge uh, whether it was it was a wise investment or not. But as I stressed right at the beginning, this transfer, the, the idea of Arsenal going and spending £50 million on a centre-half when, in my opinion, we need two centre midfielders, a right-back and a left-back, probably more so than we need a centre-back, suggests that perhaps, just maybe, Arsenal have dug out the war chest, Arsenal have crowbarred it open, and Arsenal are going to be throwing some of that money uh, at the transfer window this summer. Let's see. Shifting transfer strategy that means we'll not just be looking at homegrown players, we'll not just be looking at players that are Premier League proven, if you like, but we're looking at players who can hold their value and who we could potentially, if we needed to, sell on in three or four years' time and not take too much of a hit, which is the complete opposite to what we were doing before. We were bringing in players for big money, whom, as I say, by the time they got towards the end of their contracts, had very little or no sell-on value at all. So, again, worried about the transfer fee? Yes, I am. And maybe I've become a like one of those accountant fans. I don't know. Worried about the transfer fee, but you should only really, or, or you'll only really know, and the transfer fee only really matters if that player flops. If all goes well, if Ben White uh, dominates uh, Arsenal's defence and marshals it brilliantly, and, you know, people have talked about the possibility of him maybe sitting in that defensive midfield role as well. Whichever role it is that he takes up, if he does arrive at the Emirates Stadium, it won't really matter what we paid for him if he does it and he does it well. And that's the big thing here. So let's not get caught up um, on the transfer fees and let's see how it goes. Uh, just wanted to touch quickly on uh, Costandinos Mavrobanos, who it's been uh, reported has uh, rejoined Stuttgart. It's been confirmed uh, that he has joined Stuttgart again. He had a pretty uh, good campaign there. Uh, over in Germany, and David Ornstein reporting this one as well. He says, Costandinos Mavropanos has joined Stuttgart from Arsenal in a deal worth up to £5 million. It's a one-year loan and then a three-year deal if turned permanent. There's a £500,000 loan fee involved, and there is a £3 million chance to buy um, if, uh, if Stuttgart go down. If Stuttgart stay up, though, that becomes an obligation to buy. Uh, and the bonuses uh, on that are up to one and a half million. There is also a sell-on clause as well. So I've seen a lot of people losing their shit about this on social media. And listen, as a Greek Cypriot Arsenal supporter, 
There is nothing I'd have liked to have seen more than Gostandinos Mavropanos emerge and become the new Martin Keown and, you know, be be excellent and marshal our back line and lead us and be brave and be strong and be, you know, be a, a sort of a real sort of leader in the side. But the reality is that he's not good enough and there's no getting away from that. He doesn't fit in with what Mikel Arteta is trying to do. He doesn't fit in with our playing style. He's not very comfortable in possession. And I know there's been reports floating around Twitter, and I've seen some of the other big accounts kind of talking about him and, and how good he is. The reality is that his pass completion rate for a centre-back is, is, is poor. And I've looked this up. It is poor in comparison to some of his peers. And he's not press resistant, and he's not equipped, in my personal opinion, to play the football that Mikel Arteta wants our centre-backs to play. Does that mean he's a completely shit player? No, it just means he doesn't fit in with the project at Arsenal. And so moving him on is the right thing. People have turned their noses up at the idea of him joining Stuttgart for £3 million. I think I predicted that we could get around about the £5 million mark. And when you include the bonuses that David Ornstein is reporting, I'm not far off. I'm about half a million pound off in that. People will talk about what we should be selling players for. But as I always say, a player is only worth what somebody is willing to pay for them. Not what you, as an Arsenal fan, in your head, have come up with as a figure. That player that we're talking about is only worth what Stuttgart are paying for him. Because I tell you what, there's not a queue of people waiting to sign Gostandinos Mavrobanos. He wants Stuttgart. He's happy in Stuttgart. Um, you know, and and... They're the ones that are interested. They're the ones that want to do a deal. And they're the club who he's going to join. So I'm okay with this move. You know, we brought him in on a punt. Um, you know, he played eight times for Arsenal. Not enough really to judge whether he was good enough. But it was very clear when we started to see Mikel Arteta implement his style that, you know, he wasn't going to fit and it wasn't going to work. And you can sit there and you can slag off Mikel Arteta all you like. And there are lots of reasons that you can slag Mikel Arteta off for that are justified. But moaning about him and his decisions with regards to centre-backs when we had the third best defensive record in the Premier League last season, for me, is unfair criticism. That's the one area in which it is undeniable that Mikel Arteta has improved the team. So trust him on this. Trust him on this. And this leads me nicely into the final thing I want to touch on before I take a few of your questions. Um, the William Saliba stuff. I mean, another one where there's, there's this outrage sort of going around on social media and there's people going, why are we going to spend £50 million on Ben White when we've got William Saliba? Um, well, Mikel Arteta doesn't think that William Saliba clearly is the right man uh, for the job. He clearly doesn't think he fits in with his team. And what you are essentially saying, if you're sitting there kind of banging the William Saliba drum based on what little you've seen of him and what little most people in of an Arsenal persuasion have seen on him, is what you are saying is that because Raul Sanlehi cocked it up, because Raul Sanlehi and his team around him got absolutely shafted into paying £27 million for William Saliba, Mikel Arteta should be bent over a barrel and, and forced to play him because of that previous mistake. The whole point of the rebuild is to put these mistakes right. It's to move on uh, from players who don't fit the bill. Now, I can't say one way or the other whether William Saliba 
is a good fit for Arsenal. And you know why I can't say that? Because unlike lots of people on social media who pretend to be experts about all flipping strains of football all over the world, I will openly admit that I do not watch the French League on a regular basis. William Saliba spent half a season on loan with a mid-table league inside. And 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 that's it. You know, I I'm not saying he's no good, but I can't hand on my heart sit there and slag off Mikel Arteta and say he's got this horribly wrong by deciding that he wants Ben White over William Saliba because we haven't seen enough of him. It's as simple as that. If somebody's watched him every single week and can come and honestly say that they've got a, a different opinion to that. I accept that opinion because I accept that my knowledge on William Saliba, based on the fact he's never played a competitive game for Arsenal, is limited. But what I can't do is lay into the manager for making a decision on a player that I haven't really seen. Um, and I, I, I'm not certain would be an improvement on what we currently have. So that's that's the big thing. You know, we spent money badly in the past. We always talk about that. And if, you know, what happens is when you bring in players the way Arsenal did with Raul Sanley kind of calling the shots and you bring players in before you appoint the manager that you're willing to stick with, then there will be cases of this. There will be cases. It happens at all clubs where a club has gone and spent a big amount of money in the summer on someone. They have high hopes and it doesn't work out as you'd like. You look at somebody at, like Donny van der Beek at Manchester United. And I know he was more, far more proven before he comes to United than Saliba was before he comes to Arsenal. But you're talking about, you know, a player of really high quality. They spent valuable resource on him during the time where COVID had kind of got its claws into all the clubs only for him to be a bit part player and not really play. So, you know, it happens. It happens at football clubs. Every transfer, as I always say, carries an element of risk to it. Me, you know, I don't know about Saliba. I, I can't hand on my heart, sit here and slag off Mikel Arteta when I don't know the full story. I can't, like, I don't necessarily know how well or how poorly he played during his loan spell back in France because I didn't watch him. I've seen highlights. I've seen clips on social media, but that doesn't make me an expert. And this is where people need to chill the hell out. This is where people need to, be a little bit more conservative in their views on certain subjects. It doesn't have to be one extreme or the other. You can sit here and say, it's a shame that we spent 70, uh, sorry, 30 odd million on William Saliba and now he's not going to get a chance. You know, or you can say, you know, like you, you can say that, but at the same time, be accepting of the decision and understand the decision or at least try to understand that there is a, different point of view here. Whereas for now, it seems like everybody has to be one extreme or the other. So you've either got to be, what the hell is Mikel Arteta doing with William Saliba? This is our new Tony Adams. You're all a disgrace. How can you let him uh, go? How can you let him not um, not have the opportunity to shine? And then you've got the other people who say, bin him, chuck him in the bin. No, there's, there's a middle ground to be found here. And if Mikel Arteta believes that William Saliba uh, can be a part of this squad and can help us move forward, then great. Bring him in, put your arm around him, give him what he needs. Let's do it. But, but if he doesn't think that he shouldn't have to play him or shouldn't have to include him in his squad against his judgment, just because 
the previous regime, who we've all established were doing underhanded things and buying players for stupid amounts of money. He shouldn't have to play this player and include him just because of that. It's got to be on merit. It's got to be on merit. That's all I ask from the manager, that he makes this decision based on merit. In Mikel Arteta's mind, I'm sure the player's attitude has played a part in this as well. And I talked about it earlier in the week about Saliba and the things he'd been saying in the press, and I didn't really like it. And I think that Mikel Arteta doesn't really like it either. And that's probably contributed somewhere along the line here. But, you know, half of you were sitting here throughout the course of, of last season calling for Granit Xhaka to be dropped. Arsenal spent £40 million on Granit Xhaka. Um, you know, pretty much £40 million to bring him to the football club. And everybody wanted to see the back of him. Everybody wanted to see him kicked out after a season. So you weren't bothered about the investment that the club made at that point. You weren't bothered about the fact that we'd spent a big amount of money on Granit Xhaka. You'd have happily put him in the bin but you won't apply the same thing with William Saliba. And it's not just Shaka, it's with loads of players, right? I don't want this to... I just use Shaka as an example because he's someone we did make a big investment in. Fans turned on him pretty quickly and then were adamant they didn't want to see him in the side. So where were you crying about the level of investment that's gone into him then? And you weren't urging Unai Emery to play players based on the, the investment that the club had made. You weren't urging Arsene Wenger to do that either. And now you're urging a manager who didn't even have anything to do with the signing of this player to do that with William Saliba. This is my issue. Be fair, be consistent. You either trust the manager or you don't. The William Saliba thing shouldn't be the be all and end all because he's not played a single competitive game for Arsenal. So what are people crying about? I, I'm not sure. I'm really not sure. Right, let's uh, let's go over to the live chat box. Get your questions in now. Uh, get your questions in. Put a cue uh, at the beginning. Uh, it really, really does help. And it helps me to pick out the questions. If you've put questions in earlier in the chat, chuck them in again. Uh, now that I'm that I'm paying attention to the chat box. Sorry, went off on one for a bit. Um, let's uh, quickly check in where we're at in terms of likes. We've got 41 likes at the moment. There's over 200 of you watching us live on YouTube at the moment. So hit the like button if you haven't done so already. And please uh, subscribe to the channel if you're new. Uh, people telling me in the chat, Saliba has had no time to prove. Ashani, proof, right? Proving yourself as a player doesn't just happen on the, the Emirates Stadium pitch on a Saturday afternoon. It happens all across training. You can prove yourself in training. You can prove yourself on the training pitch. You can prove yourself in the manager's office based on discussions that you have, based on uh, sort of chats and, and things. You can prove yourself in so many different ways. For William Saliba not to have got on the pitch for Arsenal shows you that he didn't prove himself on the training ground and in the lead-up uh, to the season. And that's why Mikel Arteta took the decision that he did to leave him out. It, rightly or wrongly, that was Mikel Arteta's decision. And obviously, William Saliba didn't do enough to prove that you know, he was he was worthy of being included in that squad. And remember, it was an overblown squad. It was a big squad. And Mikel Arteta had to contend with that as well. And when push came to shove and he had to make a decision on one player or another, he made that decision on Saliba. And, you know, he regrets that Saliba didn't play for the first half of the season. He said that himself. And and where I always defend the, the young man is that 
you know, Arsenal's biggest fault and Arsenal's biggest mistake was not making sure that he joined somebody on loan, um, you know, at the beginning of last season, as opposed to having to delay it until January after he'd been left out and sort of in the cold for, for half a season. Uh, Lewis says, Shaka had chances, Saliba didn't. How is that comparable? No, you're not understanding my point here. My point was that people were calling for Saliba to play based on the monetary investment that Arsenal made to bring him to the club. So people are telling me, and I've seen it all over Twitter today, I've been getting replies left, right and centre, from Arsenal fans telling me that William Saliba must play because Arsenal spent £27 million on him. Otherwise, it's £27 million down the drain. And my point is that when people don't like a player, when people feel like a player is is not what they want to see, they don't give a shit about what the investment was, about how much Arsenal forked out to bring that player in. So going back to the point I made earlier in the podcast, the price only matters if the player is a flop, doesn't it? Um, you know, and, and that's why we're even talking about the price with William Saliba. If William Saliba had come into the side and done well, we'd be talk we wouldn't be mentioning his price. We'd be talking maybe talking about what a steal it was, what a bargain it was. But we're talking about William Saliba's price because he hasn't been able to prove himself uh, ready to play in the Arsenal first team. And people don't like that. But as I keep on saying, Mikel Arteta cannot be a slave to the mistakes that this football club made prior to his arrival. And it seems that in Mikel Arteta's view, and again, rightly or wrongly, William Saliba was one of those mistakes. Um, big, I want to say a big happy birthday to Inter. Um, I think I missed that a little bit earlier on in the chat, but happy birthday to you, mate. One of our most uh, loyal viewers and listeners. I know we don't uh, always see eye to eye, but um, it's great to see you in the chat pretty much on every stream. So thank you, mate. Uh, really, really appreciate your support. And I hope you enjoy what's left of your birthday. You might even get a Ben White uh, style present. Uh, Tizel says, I've got to a stage where I don't care about how much we spend. It's not our money. We just need to see our owners take action to see our so-called big club back competing at the top level. We're a mid-table club at the moment. Yeah, you know, going back to what I was saying earlier, the price only matters if the player flops, right? Um, and 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 that's the reality of it. And, and I'm guilty of this, right? I'm guilty of talking about the finances too much. I I do get caught up in that because I find that side of football fascinating because I think it's such an important side of football, but it's a side of football that fans, when it suits them, often choose to overlook and completely dismiss and completely disregard. You know, a fan will will look at a transfer window and say, we need a centre-back and they'll want that centre-back to come in and they'll want it to be a centre-back of the highest calibre. They'll never accept the excuse that the first choice and the second choice were out of their price range. So the reason I talk about it so much, as I say, is because I feel it's an area that is often overlooked. And, you know, just before we we kind of move on, I, I just want to be clear on this William Saliba thing, right? I'm not saying that William Saliba is a shit player. I'm not saying that I don't ever want to see him play for Arsenal. I'm not saying that he should go straight in the bin. I've not said any of that. My point is simply that Mikel Arteta cannot, be forced to play William Saliba just because Raul Sanlehi, who is no longer at the club and whoever else was involved in making that decision at the time, spent £27 million on him. They might have thought he was the right man. Mikel Arteta doesn't. And you've got to 
respect that decision. You know, you cannot just pick Arsenal are far too big a football club to be slaves to players because of their price tags, right? There are players at lower clubs that the club have gone and spent, you know, an absolute fortune. And I give you a prime example, Rian Brewster at Sheffield United, right? They spent a fortune on him last summer and he's been absolutely dog shit, absolutely dog shit, dog shit. But when you're a smaller club, and you sign someone like Rian Brewster and you beg and you plead with the board to release you these transfer funds that you so desperately need to get this player over the line. And he has a stinker. You're culpable. You know, Rian Brewster, 27 appearances for Sheffield United last season. Not a single bloody goal. Then you talk about his price. Then you talk about the investment. Then you talk about how much of a waste of money it was. But if Rian Brewster had scored 10 goals last season, and kept Sheffield United up off the back of that. Nobody would have even mentioned his price. He could have been signed for 50, 60 million pounds, which we all know is ridiculous. And nobody would have batted an eyelid because the price, as I keep saying, only matters when you don't perform. Um, you know, and 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 that's the reality. Uh, Matt says, it is frustrating we haven't seen Saliba play. However, fans don't need to see him play because the decision isn't ours. It's Arsenal's. If they don't think he's ready or right for the team, then that's that. Exactly. And I don't know why there's this desire within the Arsenal camp to kind of create these civil wars amongst ourselves. Like I keep saying it, one extreme or the other. You either think Saliba is the new Tony Adams or you think he's the new... Pascal Segan. There is no in between and it drives me mad. Uh, Wilson says, um, which player do you prefer, Madison or Grealish? For me, it's Grealish all day, all day long. Uh, Inter says, uh, he's surely got to be given a chance though, Harry, in the first team. Uh, he'll be given a chance in pre-season. And, you know, if you're already not in favour with the manager, then you have to make sure that you take that opportunity during pre-season and grab it with both hands. So that's what William Saliba's got to do. Maybe he's starting from a disadvantaged position because of what's gone on in the past. Um, I've said before that I feel that his and Mikel Arteta's relationship will be fractured off the back of what happened. The fact that he was left out of the squad and then the move away wasn't secured in time for him to play in the first half of the season. But we did learn that Arsenal were trying to make a deal happen. And it was close to returning to St Etienne again. So, you know, it didn't happen. And ultimately, the club are responsible. But there was an attempt. Maybe that attempt come too late. And if if that's the case, then the club are at fault, of course. Uh, but yeah, just um, let's see. Let's see. Uh, let's pick out a couple more because uh, I wasn't even going to do this podcast. And I'm absolutely shattered. Um, and I can't wait to get a bit of an early night, to be honest. <coughs> Let's pick up this one from Tizel. Uh, any updates on outgoings, Willian, Bellerin, Xhaka? So Willian, nothing on Willian at the moment. I wouldn't be surprised if Willian stays. I know there was some talk of him potentially joining the MLS, but that seems to have quietened down over the last few days. With regards to Hector Bellerin, there are still a number of Spanish clubs interested in taking Bellerin to uh, La Liga. However, None of them have been willing or able to stump up the fee that Arsenal are asking for, which is around about 20 million euros. I said it earlier on in, you know, in the summer, we're not going to get the prices that we think we're going to get for so many of these players. Why? Because on the continent, there's been a far greater effect caused by COVID. So I think if somebody can stump up 15 million for Bellerin, I know it sounds a bit low, but I think you'd take it because I think that's realistic given the circumstances. With regards to Granit Xhaka, well, the talks with Roma 
um, or the talks between him and Roma have progressed nicely. Personal terms are agreed. There's a willingness on all sides to get this deal done. The deal is not done yet, however. There's still a little bit of a way to go with regards to the transfer fee. Arsenal not budging, Roma not budging at this moment in time, but it is expected that once Switzerland's participation in the Euros is done, then uh, we may see this one move and we should see it completed uh, ahead of the new season. So I'm not worried about that one just yet. Let me pick out one more and uh, and we're going to leave it there. Uh, Brad Richardson mentioned Bellerin to Inter Milan. There's been reports during the rounds that he's been linked with Inter because, of course, Ashraf Hakimi is Paris Saint-Germain bound. But, uh, you know, I'm not sure uh, that one is realistic. From what I understand, Bellerin's preference is to return to Spain as well. And I think given how many years he's served the club and the relationship he has with those at the very top, I think they'll do their best to accommodate him in uh, in getting the move that he wants. And I believe Spain is his number one choice. Right. Big thank you to every single one of you for tuning in live. I really, really appreciate it. I know I came on to talk about the Ben White thing and it turned into a little bit of a rant about some other bits and pieces, but you know, I just, there's been so much noise on social media this afternoon and this evening about the Ben White stuff, about the Saliba stuff, about Arsenal being robbed blind, supposedly, for, for Gostandinos Mavrobanos. And I just think that people just need to take a more measured view. Um, you know, I if you remember the podcast we did a little while ago when I told you what I thought we could bring in for each of the players that we were looking to move on, you're going to find that I wasn't far off at all uh, with my figures. And uh, we'll we'll wait to the end of the window once all those deals have been done and we'll go back and we'll review it. And I'm sure, I'm certain you're going to see that those valuations are pretty spot on. People told me I was underestimating it, but the reality is, as I say, the situation in Europe is far worse than it is here. And players are only worth what people will pay for them, not what us as Arsenal fans have come up with in our heads. That is the reality of it all. But as I say, thank you for joining uh, in the show. Thank you for all your comments throughout the program. Make sure you hit the like button if you haven't done so already. In fact, let's quickly check where we're at in terms of likes before we head off. Uh, we've only got 72, but it's 250 of you watching us live across the multiple platforms. Let's at least get that up to 100. So if you haven't done so already, hit the like button. It really, really does help. Subscribe to the channel if you're new as we approach 14,000 uh, here on YouTube. Um, if you're listening via the audio platforms as well, please do leave us a review. It really, really helps. I'll catch you all uh, very, very soon with more Arsenal content. Uh, I'll see you all tomorrow. Until then, take care. Ciao. listening to the Chronicles of Aguna, the Arsenal podcast. I'm Martin Tyler, and you're listening to Harry Simeon.